This is the Full Frontal Living Podcast. I'm your host, master coach, and emotional resiliency expert, Lisa Carpenter. I'm here to be your guide through real, raw conversations, navigating life as a high achiever. This show covers what it takes to create physical and emotional well-being, along with how to honor and partner with your body. I'm here to guide you to a connected relationship with yourself, turning self-care into a way of being and not just another task on your to-do list. After all, the things we love, we take care of. This podcast gives you permission to love what you do, but love yourself more. Welcome to the Full Frontal Living Podcast. Well, hey, hey, Full Frontal Living listener. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the podcast. My name is Lisa Carpenter, and if this is your first time here, welcome. You're going to learn very quickly that I speak off the cuff and dive into topics that so many of my driven, ambitious, high-achieving women need to take a look at. And many of the women who listen to me don't even realize that they're high-achieving women because most high-achieving women completely diminish the things that they've achieved in their lives, their accomplishments. They simply don't even stop and recognize how much they've done in life. So a lot of my listeners, and this may be you, are typically overdoers. We do and we do and we do, and we don't really pause and celebrate everything and nothing ever really feels quite good enough and we're chasing our happiness and we really struggle with slowing down and creating ease in our life. And today, I want to dive into a topic that is going to be a little bit messy. I'm not really sure where this is all going to go, uh, but in true Lisa form, I'm just going to do my best to talk talk off the cuff about this and hopefully bring some awareness. And in future episodes, I'm going to dive into some of the specifics around this topic, the behaviors that I see coming out of it, and of course, my own personal experience with it. So the, t- the topic of the day is codependency. And so many of the women I work with have never heard this term before, or maybe they've heard it and thought, well, that's not me. Because typically when we think about codependency, we look at it as somebody who is super needy or just in a relationship with somebody who is struggling with addiction because addiction and codependency go together like bread and butter. And that was when I first realized how much I was a codependent. And codependency is really just an addiction to what we call process behaviors. Things like people-pleasing, control, approval-seeking, overdoing, being busy, caretaking. That's another big one. We want to take care of everybody. I typically see this in, you know, my clients who are really like helpers and healers, but even I see these traits come out in women who are, you know, running businesses and who are incredibly successful. So I want to talk about a little bit about what codependency is. There's lots of different definitions out on 
the interwebs if you start pulling them up. But the one that I found that really resonated with me and for the purpose of this podcast is it's a behavioral condition in a relationship where one person enables another person's addiction, poor mental health, immaturity, irresponsibility, or underachievement. Among the core characteristics of codependency is an excessive reliance on other people for approval or a sense of identity. And I know that one of the markers in codependency is that we have difficulty identifying what we're feeling. And codependency at its root is really not a lot different than addiction to drugs or alcohol or, you know, even eating disorders are considered addictions. It really does come down to all of these behaviors. So whether it's control and people pleasing or having too many glasses of wine every single night, really come down to we're using these things to avoid feeling what we're feeling. They are coping mechanisms at their core. And for many of us, they're learned behaviors that we've picked up generation through generation. They've been passed down from generation to generation. Now, if you've been following this podcast for, you know, since its inception, you'll know that about eight and a half years ago now is when my personal transformation started. My hubby went into rehab for all the things and it was a really painful period of time in my life because I was just so blind. I don't know how else to describe it. I was just, I was so blind to everything that was happening right in front of me. I was in so much denial, which is another characteristic of being codependent. We are just so deeply in denial of what is going on in our life. And we don't see how we are creating so much of our drama and our suffering. So off he went to rehab and I had to start looking at my own beliefs. And it was really painful when I realized that I was just as deeply addicted to my behaviors as he was to his. And what was worse was all these behaviors that I was so attached to that were really covering up my lack of self-worth and my lack of, of self-esteem, my lack of you know, feeling good enough. It was so hard to get present to that, to realize that I was struggling just as much as he was, just in a different way. And these ways of being, I thought that they were the things that made me so awesome and amazing. I loved that I cared so deeply about people. And I was so terrified that as I start peeling back the layers of this, that I wouldn't be a loving and caring person anymore. But the challenge with staying in your codependent behaviors is the relationship that you need to be taking care of the most, the relationship that deserves your love and your generosity and your kindness and your approval is the relationship that you're having with yourself. So 
again, not wanting to be with those feelings when we can't get present to how, how very little we think of ourselves and the negative self-talk that is going on in our head. And this is why we stay so busy because if you slow down and get quiet, you have to be present. You have to hear all the shit you're talking about yourself day in and day out. So what are the signs of a codependent person? How would you, how would you recognize them? Well, one, they often have difficulty making decisions in relationships, in business, because they're lacking that sense of self-trust and they want to get it right. This might be you, you, you want to get it right. And you're afraid, like, how do I make this decision? So we end up in this place of paralysis, not knowing what the right thing is to do. And it could be as simple as like not being able to decide where you want to go for dinner or where you want to go on vacation or what you want to wear that day or what you want to do in your business or what you're going to eat. It's literally a struggle to make the most basic of decisions, which is exhausting. As I said, you have difficulty identifying your feelings. So we answer with good, fine. But when I talk to my clients and say, well, how are you feeling? And I ask them to pause and really tune in. They don't have language for it. So codependence, we don't have this emotional fluency. And in all honesty and fairness, this isn't stuff we were taught growing up. I'm not sure about you, but in my family, we didn't sit around and talk about our feelings, talk about my feelings now. And I have my kids talk about their feelings now because we had to learn how to become emotionally fluent. But even then, I see that it's not a natural default setting for my kids because they're growing up in a world where people are still not really talking about their feelings yet inside our walls we do so learning how to feel your feelings express your emotions and be present to what you are feeling instead of numbing out so when you're not able to identify what you're feeling or be present to it. This is when we get into those numbing behaviors. Again, like drugs, alcohol, overeating, overexercising, or just distracting ourselves by taking care of everybody and trying to control all the pieces of your life. So the other thing that you will notice is that Everybody else goes ahead of you. So codependents really value the approval of others more than themselves. So they're looking for other people to tell them or to recognize them as being awesome. God forbid you actually give yourself a high five and acknowledge how amazing you are. So it's whether it's chasing the approval of your parents, your coworkers, your boss, uh, your best friend, you sacrifice the things that you want to do to make other people happy because if they approve of you, then you can feel good enough. I also find in many of my clients, they've spent a lifetime of chasing accomplishments. And I know that this was me as well. They sp spent a lifetime of chasing accomplishments as a way to support them feeling like they're good enough and 
hoping to find that sense of self-worth. Now, the, the irony is, is they, they often, and this may be you, are not recognizing that you're operating from a place of low self-worth. If somebody had told me that I had low self-worth 10 years ago, I wouldn't have believed them. I would have said, no, no, that's not the problem because I was so blind to my own stuff. I just thought that this was the way life was. And I loved that I was so driven and ambitious. The problem was I wasn't creating the things that I wanted in my life because the energy behind all my doing and all my accomplishments was from this place of not feeling good enough. So guess what? I would accomplish something. It was never good enough. I have boxes of certificates from programs that I've taken and you know, courses that I've completed that many of them never even made it out of the envelopes. So I was like, oh, you know, next, next, next. Didn't matter what I accomplished. It was never really good enough. Codependents struggle to trust themselves. And like I said, at the, at the end of the day, they're really struggling with poor self-esteem, but they would never want to admit that to themselves. So much of your mood, your happiness, everything you're looking for outside of yourself. So we're also afraid of not belonging. So kind of being abandoned. I know that sounds like very dramatic, but we do. We have this sense of codependents really struggle with not fitting in. We often feel like we don't fit in anywhere and nobody gets us. But at the same time, we have this deep desire to belong. We will overstay in relationships that are unhealthy for us. And we typically end up in relationships where, at least for my clients, we are over-functioning. So we're taking on all the responsibility of all the people because that's how we feel like we're worthy enough and uh, we will belong and, and be loved. So how do you find the balance? When, when I first realized that this was what I was struggling with, one, I was devastated. Because it sucks when you realize, oh my goodness, I'm operating from such a dysfunctional place and it doesn't need to be this way. So I immediately went into, like all good codependents do, a place of beating myself up and being hard on myself. That is a, a default setting because again, it's the I'm not good enough. And how can I fix this? I need to fix all the things. So if you're listening, thinking, wow, Lisa, you are describing me. I want you to understand that you're not broken and nothing needs to be fixed. This episode is meant to create some awareness around these behaviors because once you have an awareness, you can start being committed to making different choices that are going to support you putting your focus on you being the priority in your life, you being the relationship that needs the most care and nurturing. And this can be a little bit hard to unravel because I would, you're not going to turn into somebody who doesn't care about anybody. And this is where I went to. I'm like, well, I don't want to be that person that doesn't care about anybody and isn't giving and isn't generous and won't help people. That's not it at all. 
I'm still deeply caring and generous, but now I do it from a place of having boundaries, checking in with, okay, what is going to be supportive of me here? I don't just throw myself under the bus for people anymore. I don't try and help everybody because that was really coming from a place of wanting to save everybody because then look at me, I would be so awesome. So I'm not here to save anybody. Each of you who are tuning in and listening are responsible for saving yourself. My role as a coach is to walk alongside my clients and support them. But when I say support them, I'm not carrying them. I walk alongside them and help them find their way and navigate a new way of being and a new set of beliefs and finesse the identity that they're currently working from so that they can really have what it is they want to have in their lives. So the, what sparked this conversation and why I wanted to record this podcast episode is learning how to change these behaviors can feel really messy. And you're going to question yourself probably a lot. And it's not always going to feel good. In fact, most times it won't feel good. If you're used to over-functioning and you make the commitment, you know what, I'm burning myself out because I'm doing all the things for everybody else. So I'm going to start to say no. The first couple of times you say no, it's, it's going to feel a little prickly because you've literally created a pattern interrupt there. And the part of you that's like, it's not okay for us to say no. What will they think about us? I mean, I just recently had an experience where I set a boundary around what I'm here for and what I'm not here for. And it didn't feel super good because that part of me that was like, oh, it's not a big deal. Just, you know, give them your time. That part of me showed up. But I also know that right now, if I'm not honoring my time and my expertise, I'm actually not doing them a favor. This is why I typically do not do things for free anymore, because if I'm doing things for free, I'm not valuing my level of expertise. I'm not honoring the clients who are already paying to work with me. And I'm actually not doing them a favor because when we give away everything for free, you don't value something when you get it for free as much as when you've actually had to invest in it. So I've come to learn that as much as I would love to help everybody, I help the people who are willing to help themselves. And sometimes that requires that they have to put their money down and say, you know what? I'm not making an investment in you, Lisa. I'm making an investment in myself. And it's always money well spent when you invest in yourself. But look at how you even spend your money. If you're spending your money thinking you're you know, giving it away or you're giving it to somebody instead of looking at it as I'm investing in myself, we often have a very codependent relationship with our money as well. And that's another topic for another day. And I'm going to dive into um, our relationship with money and, and kind of talk about how you can clean up that relationship, especially moving forward, uh, because the, you know, the world is changing around us. So 
what spurred this podcast topic is I got a question. Sorry, I'm taking like long pauses today. It's like my brain isn't firing on all cylinders, but I really want to make sure that I'm getting the ball across the plate here for you guys. And this is such a deep topic that I could probably, you know, and I probably will do an entire series on codependency. So I got a question from a, a listener and she says, you know, what does not being codependent look like? Where is the boundary between kindness and empathy, especially for me with contribution and codependency? She's been thinking that contribution is a value, but she hasn't even recognized until now that it may actually be coming from a place of codependency and overgiving. So she wants to know, how do you do what you do without blurring it, blurring the lines of codependency? And she's struggling with what that even looks like. And she sent me this Instagram post, which I'm going to read to you. And I wish I could give credit to whoever wrote this, but it's not on the post. But it says, I've made fixing people's wounds, physical and emotional, my sole responsibility. So to fill that void in me that longs to be worthy, to have done enough, that part of me that doesn't believe that I simply, that simply because I'm here on this earth, I am already those things. It's when I forgot that we are all held in love by some divine universal force that this responsibility becomes too much to bear and my caring heart becomes difficult to access, especially for my own self-love and self-compassion. So, to answer your question, you know, contribution, being of service, generosity, these are all part of my value systems as well. And the way I've learned to navigate it is by really taking a step back in every situation before I make any choice. And, you know, it comes a lot more naturally to me now, but when I was first learning how to unravel my behaviors, it really was conscious on my part to take a step back. And of course I was supported by um, my own coaches and, and, you know, I had my support system around me and I really reached out to those people a lot. If it was a conversation I wasn't sure about and I wasn't feeling confident about having it because often we don't see that we're operating from this kind of blind window place, meaning that we're just defaulting into patterns. So I really challenged myself and I hated it. Let's be honest here. When you are an independent and you pride yourself on being fiercely independent and self-sufficient, because that's what so many of us codependents do. We don't, God forbid, we ask for help because then we might look weak and pathetic and we don't want to look weak and pathetic. But the truth is asking for help is an incredible act of strength and power. And if you're not allowing yourself to ask for help and allowing yourself to get the support you need, you are actually in a place of great weakness. You want to become your best self? Make sure you surround yourself with help. So I would reach out and I would talk about some of the things that I was, you know, conversations that I needed to have, or I would just share on how my day went and I would allow the people that I trusted to give me feedback. So it starts with asking myself, 
what is my intention behind saying yes to this? When we say yes to say something, we're also saying no to something. Because if you haven't realized it by now, may you may or may not be starting to realize it in this moment, if you keep adding more things to your plate, you're going to end up in a state of burnout, resentment, frustration, exhaustion, anger, sadness, all of these things. You are responsible for making sure your needs are met. So when I look at my day and the things that you know I want to say yes to, whether it's, it's contributing or being generous, I look at what is my intention behind this. Am I doing this to seek approval? Am I doing this because I'm wanting to feel loved? Am I doing this because I'm looking for them to tell me how awesome I am? Am I doing this because I'm trying to control? Am I doing this because I believe I know what's best for somebody? That's another big one that we can get caught into. I can be kind, but if I'm being kind to them and I'm not being kind to myself, that's a problem. If I'm putting how they feel ahead of how I feel, that's a problem. So I can be incredibly empathetic. That's one of my superpowers, empathy. I can be empathetic, but I will not take on somebody else's problem because I know it's not my responsibility to take on their problem. Their job is to work through their problems. My job is to say, I understand. I will stand with you in this. But if we try and save other people from their problems, what we're actually doing is enabling them to stay in their problems longer. So let people struggle. They can struggle and feel whatever they're feeling and we can stand beside them trusting and knowing they will find their way out. So it's always checking in and saying, you know, am I really helping here or am I trying to enable here? Am I really doing this for them or am I doing this more for me? So it's a little bit, you know, in the, in the beginning, it's really, it's like learning how to walk again. It's like learning how to breathe underwater. It feels awkward and uncomfortable. And am I doing this right? But when you start to make the commitment to yourself around showing up differently and having the courage to lean into some of these, you know, behavior addictions, so to speak, just take on one at a time. Like if you're over caregiving, if you're taking care of everybody, how can you start to make different choices in your life so that you care for yourself first, which then actually allows you to have more energy to care for other people? Pick one, pick one thing. If you notice that you are constantly seeking other people's approval, what does it look like to step back and look yourself in the eyes in the mirror and approve of yourself and know that you are good enough right now just as you are? Maybe you're finding that you are emotionally eating all the time. So maybe your challenge over the next little while is before you put something in your mouth, you're going to sit and actually ask yourself, okay, what am I feeling here? Is this hunger or 
has something else gone on in my life? And you can go back to previous episodes where I talk about halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired as a way of checking in and seeing what's really going on for you. So this is kind of an overview of codependency. And to be honest, this really is at the core of the work that I do with my clients. So although some of you have found me because you're looking at your relationship with food and your body, it's these behaviors and what's underneath these behaviors that are really at the root of your struggles. So quite often, we think we know what the problem is, but we don't realize that what we think is the problem is not actually the problem. It's like the band-aid that we've slapped over the bullet hole that we don't want to look at. So hopefully this answers your question from the listener who sent this in. And I know she's tuning in because I know she tunes in every week and I appreciate her so much. Be kind to yourself. This work, when I started it, it really, it really took me to my knees. It forced me to look at the dark corners of myself that I didn't want to look at. It had me questioning my identity. And like I said, even today, although, you know, I know I've come super far, I still get those prickly feelings when I set a boundary and I say no. know that part of me that's like oh but are they gonna like you are they gonna think you're a bitch because you because you said that or sent that and I have to remember that when I do what's best for me for my highest and greatest good even if that person doesn't understand why I've made that decision or why I said that thing when I do it from a place of love from powerful boundaries from knowing what it is I need to thrive from honoring who I am and standing in my worth and my value it is going to be for their highest and greatest good as well some people aren't going to like you some people are going to be annoyed when you start changing because they didn't ask you to change. Some of the dynamics in your relationships will, t- will start to shift. And that's okay. Because like every change, every transformation in life, we can only navigate it one day at a time, one step at a time. We cannot get too far ahead in the process because I can guarantee you, even if you spent all day weighing out all the different scenarios of what could happen, which is also another symptom of codependency, catastrophizing about the future or being completely addicted to living in the past. Even if you spent all that time trying to weigh out all the, what could possibly happen, I guarantee you, you cannot predict the future. And what we've been going through lately with COVID is such a great example. I mean, never in a million years did anybody write down in 2020, I hope to be locked up in my house because of a pandemic. I mean, I know I certainly didn't plan for it. And even my best laid plans this year doesn't matter one day at a time. So hopefully this is helpful. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can DM me on Instagram. You can email me at lisa at lisacarpenter.ca. You can find me over on Facebook and send me a message there, although I don't hang out on Facebook all that much. But I love 
answering uh, listeners' questions because you guys are my top. You guys are my top priority. So if you have questions, if you want a virtual hot seat, so to speak, and have your you know the things that are burning in your heart that you want to know about, have the courage to send me a question, and you might hear it answered on a future podcast episode because I really do love um, answering your questions. So I hope you have a beautiful week ahead. I'm going to keep my butt in the chair, so to speak, and get some more amazing episodes in the podcast bank for you so that they're waiting for you week in and week out. So thank you again for tuning in. If you have not yet done so, please, 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 I would be so Deeply grateful and appreciative if you headed over to iTunes or your your favorite listening platform, wherever you're listening to the podcast, and left me a rating and review. I am committed to the massive growth of this podcast because I know there are so many more women out there who need to hear this message in the way that I deliver it, but I can't do it alone. So I am asking for your help in supporting me get this message out into the world in a much bigger way. So I would deeply appreciate it if you would kindly leave a review and a rating and hopefully it'll be an amazing one because I'm guessing if you're tuning in week after week, you are enjoying the content. So have a beautiful day and I will see you on the next episode. So my question for you today, how long are you going to stay stuck, drowning in the doing and feeling overwhelmed trying to meet other people's needs? How long are you going to remain attached to behaviors that don't serve you, like emotional eating, people pleasing, and probably an addiction to your work? How long are you going to numb yourself and shove down your feelings because you're afraid of feeling the discomfort? In short, how bad does the pain have to get before you're willing to make a change? The honest truth is it's not going to get better on its own. You might think, oh, it'll be better when my business makes more money or when COVID is over or when the kids go back to school, which I don't think is going to really happen. But life is going to life. There will be some new distraction, some new challenge, some new obstacle, some new circumstance you're going to have to deal with. The change has to come from you, not from your external environment. You have to make the decision to transform yourself from the inside out. But when it comes to taking responsibility for your actions, behaviors, choices, and mindset, you don't have to do it alone. This is what I do. I coach driven, ambitious women just like you in how to navigate this process of transformation. There's no problem too big or too scary for us to tackle together. I have seen and heard it all. If you want to learn more, I want to invite you to apply for a one-hour transformational call with me. And in just 60 minutes, we'll dive into what's creating your current struggles, frustrations, and chaos that's holding you back. And we'll find a breakthrough solution. 
Yes, I promise you it can happen that quickly. You just need to be open, willing, and curious. So to apply for your session before you do anything else, head over to my website's work with me page at lisacarpenter.ca forward slash WWM. I can't wait to see you on my calendar.